Hello. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were starting a rendition of Baba Black Sheep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a TV show when I was a kid. Baba Black Sheep. Baba Black Sheep. <sighs> yeah, starring uh, Robert Conrad as a World War Two uh, fighter pilot. Hmm. Hmm. Never heard of that. It was before my time. Yep. 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 No, I just I had some uh, chow mein and I ate really fast. Mm. But I didn't eat too much, just to take the edge off. Or put the edge on, as the case may be. Hmm. I got a fresh, uh, fresh soy sauce. I love a fresh soy sauce. What makes the soy sauce fresh? How can you tell? Oh, it means I just opened it. I mean, it's been fermented, I think. Doesn't it fermented in barrels in you, Kentucky you, or something? You just opened the, what, the bottle? I didn't make it myself. It's not like red mm. sauce. Not like gravy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get a, I get a 20-ounce bottle. I go through kind of a lot of it. <laughs> just, you just drink it as your beverage with your meal? <laughs> if I could. <laughs> that would be, that's my kind of appetizer. That's like drinking ocean water, right? Like you think it's going to slake your thirst, but right. it won't. Right, it turns out. Yeah, I would get a flight. Soy sauce, soy sauce everywhere. I would get <laughs> not a sauce to sip. I would um I would get a flight of soy sauce, like if I go to a bar. I don't I don't <laughs> like beer too much. Beer's very filling to me. You have a tasting menu? A tasting menu, yeah. Well like a flight. A like, tasting menu little, of soy sauces. Yeah, yeah. Like you like that little wooden board with holes in it. Mm, mm, this one you has that, uh, that motor oil note. I like that. Mm, mm, mm. What do I, what do I like to drink? No, I I said uh, no, I was being silly. Wait, what is this? What is Todd linking to? What is filmmaker mode? What is this? What am I looking at? Stop reading Twitter. What are you doing? Oh, okay. Pay attention. All right. My eyes are up here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm feeling good. I got my pills ready. If you're secretly browsing the internet when you're doing the show with me, don't let me know. I want to not know. Um, this is going to be difficult because I can sense your every mo- movement from over here. Why are people mad about Steven Spielberg? What's, ha- what's happening? Is he canceled? Janet Weiss got hit by a car. That sucks. I don't know who that is. Do I know who she's that a is? Drummer. She's a drummer for uh, Slater Kinney and the drummer. <laughs> she's a drummer. You can just stop. You can just stop right there. <laughs> you, many... know, you know one drummer. I Two don't drummers. know. I know zero female drummers. Zero drummers. Female drummers that I would know. Um, mm, there's not a lot. There's a lot of bass players. <sighs> Did. Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I, I couldn't name them or by sight identify them. Maybe some like 80s. Bands had girl drummers. Yeah, Go Go's. Banana Rama. Mm, Banana Rama was primarily a a, a three lady singing um, act. Uh, the Bangles. Uh, yes, yes, I think that would count. Janet Weiss is the drummer in Slater Kinney and uh, Quasi, and I think other bands. Quasi, right? right you know, Quasi. Quasi. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> They're almost a band. <laughs> what? What? Oh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, you because you knew the word. That's so you, good. You, it's, the carbs are slowing you down. You, you're doing that. What? Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, Marco's looking at crash logs. I'm going to close that window. Good idea. And now I'm looking at the dock. Oh, did you see I put a Phoebe in there? I did see that. Oh, God. Um. It's, it's on the list if you want. Now, we can start with follow-up. Do you want to start? Now wait, is the is St. Jude a Minai topic or it's not really a follow-up? Is it a front matter? It's kind of a front matter. Yeah, well we can do it whenever. Okay. Well, you drive. Go wherever you want to go. I'm all logy from carbs, apparently. Yeah. I don't know all the problems. This is the episode where we have to uh, officially announce our special guests or our special relay members only episode. <gasps> is it okay to do that? Yeah, because we recorded it and everyone's recording worked. 
So, Wait a minute. And it comes out on the day that this comes out, I believe. Does it? Let's see. What does the document say about this? I don't, I don't know when things come out. Yeah, I think it comes out. This episode should come out if all goes well. Uh, see, we had our uh, one about the elderly. We had our one about pets, the one about mm-hmm. racism. This mm-hmm. one comes out on um, September 5th, which is a Thursday. And uh, you know what? I'll do my usual. Also, I might do a Wednesday release. I might do a manual release on Wednesday. There you go. Yeah. What I, f- I keep forgetting what the alternative is. That. Do they call it natural when you just let it cool? On the Instant Pot? The Instant Pot, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. We, all, you, we only know the manual. Laugh, it's a big laugh line in our house. I understand, right? I think but there's I, natural but, release, there's natural release and um, a manual release. Yeah. I don't know if natural is the right one. Anyway. Hmm. Yeah. You mean like a nocturnal release? Hmm. Uh, hmm. I feel like the <laughs> distinction is, is about speed, not about, well. No, no, it's know. not. It's not. That's like I made stew the other night. And uh, with the stew, you do it on high pressure for 35 minutes and then let it just fully do its thing. When we make rice, we just do the rice setting, which I think is like 12 minutes plus then 10 minutes of sitting time and then a, uh, a, a manual release. As I'm saying, like the distinction as far as you're concerned as a user is one of them lets the steam oh, out see. really, really fast. And the other one, you but just it let it cool it also affects the cooking. Like with some of the yeah, Oh, cook- yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, like, yeah. you know. Wall clock time is what you're... Anyway, we are off topic. We got a bastic. We got a rice bastic for it. Mm-hmm. It's especially coated. It's not the stainless steel one, which is fine. But right. we, uh, my, my, uh, my sister-in-law works for a, a well-known company that sells kitchen things. And, uh, and she suggested we get a rice bastic. And it's, it's pretty good. What does it do? What it's not it sticky. It's not, it won't stick to the sides as much. Yeah, we've got a dedicated rice cooker. It's got a less sticky thing in it. Did you get the one that plays Mozart? No, I got the uh, like the world's cheapest rice cooker. Mm-hmm. Okay, thirty-five bucks. We are very happy to be able to announce to you uh, an episode that will be coming your way very soon. Um, if you're somebody who contributes to the Relay FM network, you're going to get the annual bonus, the bonus episode of Reconcilable Differences, which has been recorded and is, I think, in the process of being edited as we record this. Dan, Dan, oh my god, oh my god, that was a terrible thing I just did. You understand what just happened? Mm-hmm. I just called you Dan. Mm-hmm. It's there's, fine. there's two reasons I just called you Dan. Yeah, no, I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. What's the other reason I just called you Dan? I'll, I'll be, I, I can't even convince myself that you accidentally called me Dan because you thought I Let's was. Let's redo the it. Let's guest. redo it. Let's redo it. Too late. Now it's, too, it's already out there. Okay. There's well, many so, scenes Dan, in Dan, Fleabag. Tell, Dan, this tell people who our special guest is. Dan. Stop doing that. Train yourself out of it. Anyway. We were lucky enough to have uh, as you, our special you, guest. You love needling other people. People needle you, and you're all, oh, oh I'm sensitive about that. You could have just, you could have just, got dri- you could have just went, gone right past it. You didn't have to like dwell on it, but you chose to dwell. You see, I treated it your, like jazz. Your mistake. I would have just let it go it's by. Not my mistake. Like, fine, you know, it's a mistake is a Buddhist gift. That's what mm-hmm. Terry Gilliam says. Hmm. Who's our uh, special right. guest, Dan? Attempt, attempt number seventeen. Three. We were lucky enough to have on the Reconcilable Differences program our special member on, members only episode, one of the original peaches, Dan McCoy. Dan McCoy, of Flophouse fame, of the Daily Show fame, of nine AM meeting fame, of being a tiny little clone of John McCoy fame. <laughs> you, you know he loves hearing that. Actually, he might be bigger than John. John is very small. 
we'll put them we'll put them back to back and see. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I gotta, I'll get a size comparison if I can. John got everybody into the flop house, and uh, John says so, so it must be true. John's the one who John, made people John like McCoy the flop got house. everybody into the flop house. John McCoy, that mother scratcher. Yeah. Um. Uh. No, you're you you John John uh, John sub two. You're the one that you did this. You got everybody into. I brought it to our little group. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you got you uh, you and Snell. I'm not gonna say got me into it, but it was your talking about it that made me want to go listen to it. And I, I can tell you, I mean, I think it was two summers ago. So yeah, Dan McCoy. Enough said. But uh, I believe it was two summers ago. I boy did I ever dive deep. Um, summer is often a time when I do end up listening to like a lot of a new podcast for some reason. Two, three years ago, whenever it was, and I was listening to three, four, five a day. I was just pounding it. Yeah, some, sometimes it's easier to just swim down. Mm-hmm. And I had a really good way that I was doing it, which is I would start with uh, five episodes away from the current one, listen forward, go back <laughs> ten episodes, listen five forward, and it's a way to like be current, but also be not <laughs> quite current. a way to drive yourself insane. No, no, yeah, for it sure. Makes, it it's actually makes, if you think about it, it, actually makes a lot of sense. Mm, yeah. No, anyway, whatever works because there is a lot. Is a, there's a it's a rich tapestry, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot to catch up on, a lot to be involved in, a lot to absorb. Um, it's a great podcast and we were lucky to have him on our program and yeah, and he was a, he was a really good sport. It was fun to talk to him. Yeah. I thought we had some good conversations. I'm going to, I'm going to reveal a, a little half tease here. Um, for a long time, people, including me or especially me, will do Flophouse bits. Cause I have, I have, I talk about with, with Dan and John, I talk about some of my favorite Flophouse bits. Everybody has f- favorite Flophouse bits. For time immemorial, John Syracuse has not shared with anyone that I'm aware of what his favorite Flophouse bit is. And you, you, you explain why you haven't in this episode, but then you're only going to get this if you're a member and you're going to get the feed unless you're a thief. You're going to hear John Syracuse reveal what his all-time favorite Flophouse goof is. Yeah, I read, I'd reveal it to Dan. I felt like I was like confessing to a priest. <laughs> you're talking to, talking to the source now i finally felt like i was safe i could i could reveal it yeah 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 so that's coming out and uh as we've uh, said before uh it does help us because it does it supports us it supports the network uh support is a way that people are trying to disguise saying it gives us money when you give money to relay that also goes to us and it goes to other folks in the network which is great um and so uh where do they go for that we'll put it in show notes well we, we did two shows talking about how to become a member i think like people can figure it out now do you? Yeah, Relay.fm, look for a thing that lets you give us money. It's probably not hard to find. Probably membership. Relay.fm, although we call it Relay.fm. Relay.fm, because otherwise it won't work. and You'll get a different website. It's probably like, you know, an adult site or something. Relay.fm slash membership. And uh, I think I hope you all enjoy it. It's a fun thing to do. And it was, it was actually legit a thrill to get to talk to him. I mean, I talked to him on the internet and stuff, but it was, it was neat to get to visit with him and you know, I love making people uncomfortable by telling them how much I love what they do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you, again, now I, got, I'm not, I don't want to spoil this, but I'm also going to say, you you give him so many backhanded compliments. It's really sweet. You I finally, gave him fronthanded. Well, what is the, not the forehanded most, most compliments? Them, What's the opposite of that? Uh, for a backhand compliment? A beforehand? Yeah, like, like a Roger Just Federer. a regular one? Just a, regular, just a manual release compliment? <laughs> 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 I complimented him left, right, and sideways. No, not, really. not really. Not really. You're, you're always, 
Yours always have a little bit of pepper on the ball. They've always got a little bit, a little bit of special. <sighs> I'm trying, spin. okay. You got I'm knuckles making, on I'm, the seams, I'm, and you can't let anybody just have a fungo. It's, making, it's always got to be dressed up in some side salad of pain of your own design. <sighs> it was a thrill to have Dan on the show, um, and uh, so please, please go and listen to that and uh, support the network. Boop, 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 boop. While we're dunning, which is a terrific word, while we're bugging you for money, let's tell them about this other thing that is actually really cool. Um, uh, we like to tell people about. Yeah, we spent no, we spent two past two episodes telling people how they can give us money. So yes. let's change it up a little bit here and tell them how they can give somebody who is not us money. Somebody who could really like uh, use the money to save their life. So, um, th- so I'm going to read what it says here. It says this summer in honor of Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, join Relay FM in support of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, where families never receive a bill for anything. That's what they told us to say. Um, well, let me tell you the rest of what they told us to say. Each year between 180,000... Wow, did Mike format this? Jeez. They're, they're, they're from the UK. They have a different relationship <sighs> with numbers. Who does this to numbers? I don't, I don't. One, eight, not thousand. Each year between 180,000, 240,000 children are diagnosed with cancer worldwide. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Donate today at, uh, Saint, here's where you go. Go to stjude.org slash rectifs, R-E-C-D-I-F-F-S, uh, one word, to join the fight to end childhood cancer. Please do that. Now, here's, that's what they told us to say. Now, I'm going to wing this. Um, we have a, a dear friend who is very involved with the network, whose family um, has really benefited from this group. They've really helped his family. Um, and they've helped a lot of families. Uh, I'm going to tell you a secret. This is one of the uh, things that I give my money to because I really personally, I won't make John talk. He's going to mute while I talk. I really, really legit love St. Jude's and I love the work that they do. And they're like a four quadrant charity. It's not a charity. It's not a charity. It's a way to help a really sick little kid and make sure their family is taken care of. And they really do great work. If you could go to stjude.org, uh, slash rectifs and and give a little something it would mean a lot to us is uh, all I wanted to say are are you against childhood cancer uh sure uh we give money to St. Jude's as well and like here's the thing about giving money to charity like you know there's all the sites like charity navigator and stuff and like I don't know what they tell you like mm-hmm. if you give money you're like is my money actually helping anything or how much of it is just you know disappearing into a hole or paying for administrators or like what what even is happening from this, like this, you never know. Like you, you mm-hmm. want to give your money to a worthy cause, but everybody says they're a worthy cause. I feel like St. Jude is the easiest thing to give your money to at least. I mean, this may sound weird to people in other countries, but in our country, if you have a child who has cancer, it's terrible, of course, but your secondary problem is, and how are we going to do anything about it? Because any kind of treatment costs a huge amount of money. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like in countries where they have universal health care, that's not a big deal in this country. Medical bankruptcy is a thing. And can you think of falling on a sidewalk could ruin you for life in the United States, let alone having a kid yeah. with brain cancer. And, and think about like what a situation it is to be in where this this you're faced with this terrible problem and then you have to worry about money on top of it. And yeah. Saint Jude takes away the easy thing to take away and works on the harder thing so you won't have a bill they'll you they will they will treat your child uh as best they can they and they will work to defeat childhood cancer and you will not have to worry about a bill you'll have a million other things to worry about Mm -hmm. but not that you get to worry about you get to focus not that's the only thing but you'll get to 
worry about the stuff you should be worrying about. Exactly. It's a good group. St. Jude, please, uh, you know, kidding aside, go to stjude.org slash rectifs. If you can throw them a few bucks, uh, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, and this is part of the Relay is like their official podcast sponsor. And uh, last year, we've been doing this more or less formally and informally on Relay and among the various podcasts that we're all on, raising money each year. Uh, Stephen Hackett, uh, one of the Relay co-founders, has been raising money on his website. And I forget what they raised last year. Maybe it was like $60,000 or something. I think the goal for this year is $75,000, and we should be able to hit that easily if everybody listening to this just goes and gives and you, you don't it's not like really a membership where there's different minimums you can give any amount you want uh mm-hmm. and like i said it's of of all the good causes you can give to this is the the biggest no-brainer children with cancer so that their parents don't have to worry about paying bills and that by the way obviously they're working to defeat childhood cancer a, there was another ad read that had like their stats and how childhood cancer used to, you know, the survival rate was like 20%. Now it's like 80, I forget. But they're they're actually doing work to defeat it. It's not just, wow. you know. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. If you want to help, uh, it would mean a lot to us. stjude.org slash rectifs. Link in the show notes. I just gave money to help Janet Weiss. Boy, I'm I sick of this. I, sure, I, still I, sure, know, I, I don't know oh, who she's, in, is, she's so. in the band uh, Slater Kenny and the band Quasi. Well, so what happened to she her? She got hit by a car and now she's got medical bills. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I do this. This is half don't... of my day. Half of my day is GoFundMe nowadays. I mean, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's not entirely that's, that's true. The medical system in our country now is well. GoFundMe. I mean, like the stuff that I've. I'm not. I'm not saying this for clapping, but like the stuff. It's it sucks. I mean, like what? Recently, it was like a, a trans kid who'd been thrown out of their house. It's like, ugh. And then all the medical stuff is just anyway. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's really weird. Um, it's awful. Anybody else we should, where we should, should we ask for money for anything else while we're here? Yeah, I think we got it covered. We've You don't want any money at all? Well, no, we already, we have, we have the Relay membership money, we have the member episode, and we have Saving Children with Cancer. So I think we've covered all the money bases, I guess so, yeah. (sighs) All right, should we wrap it up? We're going to do a show. Okay. Um. Tell me about your Apple TV. Oh, yeah, everything's great. I didn't uh, reinstall. So uh, per last time, I got my replacement Apple TV and then the replacement, I got two Apple TVs. And um, yeah, and so I have not reinstalled uh, the beta. The you can public. be taught. <laughs> You've got say. to be properly taught. It, mm-hmm. um, it, uh, it seems to be working fine. Yeah. Yeah, Plex isn't uh, bricking it. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> yeah. Ain't that, ain't that a head scratcher? 13.1. Hmm. Boy, Apple's that's weird. just that's just for iOS though. It's not for tvOS, right? Um, to my knowledge, yes. Yeah, but you're not going to find out because you're not you're not playing with those betas anymore. What? I've got on a two iPads. What are you talking about? No, you're not playing with the tvOS. Oh, tvOS. Right? No, right? Oh, oh, not... oh, learn my lesson. Yeah, mm-hmm. this has been. Um, you know what? Who cares? Um, so no, I just wanted to say, you know, uh, it seems to be a problem. Uh, uh it might have gotten uh, pseudo bricked uh, because I was running the uh, the public beta. It seems, or at least process of elimination so far, this would not pass muster with John Syracuse as a, as a, uh, it's not Turing complete, but so far it has not bricked since I stopped running the beta. So Congratulations. That's yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. You don't want to, you don't interrupt the flow of your, uh, your TV stuff. I tried to buy a movie last night and it was really hard. Yeah, I heard you were, you were afraid that you'd bought it 15 times, but the, the, I have to give Apple credit for this, this one 
thing having to do with their online services. Since the day uh-huh. they started taking money for digital bits uh-huh. of media, like it's the iTunes Music Store, right? From that day on, it has been sort of a foundational, you know, the, the bedrock of Apple's commerce media system has been you cannot buy something twice. Mm-hmm. Like it is impossible to buy something twice from the same Apple ID. Even though for that entire time, their UI has very often said buy with a price and you could click and it would say, are you sure you want to buy this? And you could just always safely say, yes, stupid UI, even though I already own this. And even though you make it seem like I'm buying it, I know from experience that Apple will never let me buy something twice. So I'm just going to hit buy, 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 buy. Yes, mm-hmm. enter my credit card. Yes, give them my money. Yes, yes, yes. And then when it's all over, eventually some part of the system will go, oh, you can't buy this. You already own it. And here it is. Mm-hmm. You're downloading it. You'll get a pop. You may, like on iOS, you'll get a whatever caused that. I like the way you're phrasing that. Like you can't buy it twice. That's a good way to yeah, put it. You can't. Like try it. It's it, the hackers would have to find a way to buy it twice. It's not it's not it possible, right? But so and, yeah. So for example, while I while I am I am frustrated, I there boy, there's some services things with Apple that I wish were better. As I think I've said to you, um, I actually I I like using the iTunes app on my phone. It's a way that like sometimes on a Friday evening when I'm looking at what our entertainment options for the night are, it's just kind of an old legacy thing, Friday's movie night. And I will, I won't always buy a movie, but I will at least go to what's on the top row, right? Like what's new. I like to scroll down to recent discoveries because I do find interesting stuff there. I think that's probably human curated. But, um, but it is frustrating to me that I keep getting recommendations of stuff I already own. That seems, as I think I've said to you, that seems like something they should be able to solve. That's right in line with uh, what I was just saying, though. The fact that they give you a buy button on things you know you already own. It's so clear that like the UI of the applications has no clue what you bought. But eventually, oh, I see down in the saying. deep, dark bowels of the system, something knows that you own it because it won't let you buy it twice. I thought you were going to say something else. I like what you said. But the thing I thought you were going to say that I'm going to say now is the other good thing is... Uh, I don't, I was going to say I can count on one hand. I, I I can't in my recollection, which is admittedly poor, think of something where there's been a terrible, terrible misunderstanding about what was purchased. I just have not, the kinds of things that almost every kind of e-commerce site in the past, see, now you kids today, you millenniums, you're used to things like Amazon, you're used to things like Apple. It didn't used to be nearly this smooth. There would frequently be some real cock-ups in purchasing things. All kinds of stuff where like, I mean, I told you this, I had one the other day where like I bought something with PayPal and as it happened, I was having trouble with an email forward on one of my uh, accounts. And I, it turns out I hadn't been getting some of my forwards since June and I just hadn't noticed it. Um, and so I couldn't get the, the, the code for something that, that kind of stuff used to happen all the time. I mean, that kind of like whoopsie doopsie, I'm not sure why my money went somewhere, but I never got the thing that just used to happen. Or you could very easily accidentally buy several of something. And I think e-commerce in general and Apple in particular has gotten so much better about that. You don't accidentally buy stuff on Apple. At least I don't. I don't accidentally buy Apple things. It's it can't, kind of can't happen. Can't buy it twice. Can't, can't buy accidentally. I, I'm I'm so old that I wrote some of those websites where you could accidentally buy things twice. <laughs> well, and I, when I say e-commerce in general, because as much as I I don't love a lot of the bills, the companies behind the bills I have to pay each month. You know, I like to stay on top of my bills, um, and uh, so frequently I'll like overpay on some of my like utilities and stuff like that. I figure it never hurts. And I like it that things like my phone provider and my, my gas and electric company will, will say they'll throw up a little thing. I'm sure it's a pretty basic piece of logic, but it throws up a, a thing and it says you're paying, you're currently about to pay more 
than the outstanding balance. Did you mean to do that? And I feel like <laughs> 20 years ago, such as e-commerce was, you didn't get things like that so much. Hmm. Why are you overpaying for your utilities? I'm superstitious. I'm from a modest modest background. I believe in paying. Right, but like, are you overpaying enough to cover the next month or just overpaying by like two months? I try to stay a month ahead. I try to stay. All right. All right. That makes sense. Just because I'm weird. Like like you're tipping like 15% or something. That's not going to help you. It's for the Lord. It's for the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What was the other thing I was going to say about that? Um, Give you the cleaner electricity if you give them a little extra. (laughs) <laughs> nobody's spitting my electricity mm-hmm. yeah clean right. food <laughs> this episode of reconcilable differences is brought to you in part by eero you can learn more about eero right now by visiting eero.com slash diffs listen eero is a game changer because it means actually being able to access the internet from anywhere in your house There's always that one room with unreliable Wi-Fi. Well, at least one in my case. Ooh, the worst. And nothing is more irritating than watching your favorite show and it's stopping to buffer, buffer, buffer. That is no fun. Well, Eero blankets your home with fast, reliable Wi-Fi. You can constantly have strong signals wherever you need it. It Sets up in just minutes. This is a fact. It's very easy to set up. You just plug it straight into your modem or your router box. You can even manage it from a super simple app, which app I happen to love, me, Merlin Mann. Let's you do cool stuff like pause the Wi-Fi while you're eating dinner. You can get alerts if a device joins your network. It's so powerful to be able to see everything that's on your network at one time. It tells you what kind of device it is. I-, I could talk all day about this app. It's really good. The whole service is really good. You guys, you should get Eero. Eero has fixed all of the Wi-Fi problems. No more dead spots. No more buffering. We run this at our house, and I, uh, huh, I mean, I can't really, I kind of can't imagine uh, living without it. We've added extra beacons. Uh, to our house. We put one in our garage, so we're buffeted in three dimensions by Wi-Fi. It is really the best. You know, sometimes I'll just go do speed test in the worst room in my house and just watch that little dial fly. It's the best. So get yours. You got to get, get this fixed. Get the Eero, right? You can get it as soon as tomorrow. You go to Eero.com slash diffs and enter the offer code diffs at checkout. That's D-I-F-F-S. You get free overnight shipping with your order. What is happening? You got to get the Eero. It's E-E-R-O. You go to Eero.com slash diffs, offer code diffs. You got to go. Get your Eero delivered with free overnight shipping. I'm going to tell you one more time because I'm about to lose my mind. You got to use that Earl to get the offer. Eero.com slash diffs. Offer code diffs. Buy this. Everyone should have this. You go and you get it. You get the Eero. Our thanks to Eero for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. I snuck two of them past you today. Do- Okay, I don't know clean food. There's a reason you I didn't know, say. I know I've got two. I've got two by you so far. Or so far, you you probably got nine by me that all involve Canadian bands. No, but I'm just saying. I why got are you two so by. unkind to me? What, Not what? Unkind. Is there a reason we didn't go with clean power? So we went with clean electricity. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, clean, clean, clean coal. I don't know. All right, we'll we'll, we'll have Jim fix it in post. Yeah, we're gonna workshop this. What, what's clean food? <laughs> Wait, no, 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 don't tell me. Don't tell me, John, Jonathan Colton. No. Steak tastes better pill. No. Uh, and you, the first one I can't believe you missed, but that's fine. Websites used to just be really weird. That's what I'm going to mm-hmm. say. What I'm going to say is yeah, is websites. Were. First of all, it used to be websites didn't do anything for a long time. Websites <laughs> didn't do anything. <laughs> that's right. No, no, no. I mean, honestly, most websites that one encountered didn't do a lot of stuff. Whenever some, you know there became a well known site that did a thing, like that was mm-hmm. an exciting thing. But mm-hmm. honestly, there, it was just you had. If you're like me, not like you, fancy John Syracuse. If you're like me. You're on a haze modem. You're like a 9600 baud modem, like waiting for the images to finish loading. And that was just like part of how you did. 
and it was no big deal. But then something happened, uh, maybe the rise of e-commerce. But I'm going to say in the late 90s, in the post-Yahoo era, websites started doing more things. And then websites started doing more things kind of poorly or kind of in ways that you didn't expect. And it was strange because like before that, it was like mostly in my experience, at least the sites I made, a lot of flat HTML that didn't do stuff. You could have a JavaScript countdown clock or whatever, but it wasn't, there was not that much stuff to be done. There would be things happening at the server level, but like, I don't know. Then things, it just felt like things got weird. Things got weird. And now today I, I appreciate that that stuff works better. You know, I mean, some of it you could write down to the, the Zeldmans and the, you know, 37 Signalses of the world, like cleaning up the presentation of things at the, the top layer. But like, I don't know. Did, did it used to be the Wild West? It seems like it used to be the Wild West under, under the hood. I feel like the, the main thing that has improved with respect to what you're talking about in terms of like accidentally buying things or buying things twice or, or whatever is the backend systems. Because pre-web and in the beginning of the web, all the backend systems were made for a world where the web didn't exist. They're all like weird COBOL things that you communicated to over dedicated lines from mm. like a series of terminals and the branch offices or something like it wasn't. Mm. It wasn't for the web. So... All the things the web bought, massive concurrency across the entire globe at all hours of the day, did not exist in any of these systems. Uh, and it took a while for us to get back-end systems that uh, have the semantics and can tolerate the usage patterns of the web without being totally broken all the time. So there's only so much websites could do when they had to talk to the accounting system in the back-end over some dedicated line. You know, they're going be calling over a modem anyway, trying to, you know, multiplex different data and... Yeah, it was, it's, it was much more complicated and weird. And now every system obviously is built with the idea that it's going to be the back end for a website and all that entails and things are much, much better. Except for Apple, it's probably still running web objects, but we don't want to think about that. Is, is that is, is, that's not still what iTunes is running on, right? I don't know. It's also not fair because web objects was totally designed with the web in mind, but it was, it was a strange model. We should move it over to, uh, to FileMaker. It's a semi-relational no. database. Mm, yeah, no, that's, uh, to Apple's credit, I believe they never did run a store off FileMaker. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, it's hard to tell. They might have run one off HyperCard, but oh god, I would give I would give two hundred dollars right now to find some screenshots of the FileMaker Pro registration event registration database I made for somebody. I made a couple of pretty good FileMaker Boy, databases. Was it ever bad? I, I can't remember what they were. And why would I have a need? I remember making them. I remember making the forms. I remember being all cool and impressive. It was like making a little program and this mm-hmm. little thing. But what was I making them for? Maybe, probably Dungeons and Dragons, when I think about it. Well, I made the crack about being semi, semi-relational. But like that, whatever that was, circa 97, 98, when they added the semi-relational stuff, it was, it was really neat. I mean, for, for like, you know, for consumer stuff, like, you know, the kind of stuff you would have done in a hypercard before, like, it was pretty cool to like, like, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I kind of knew what I was doing. And it, we kept banging on it until it mostly didn't break, which was really like, you could just tattoo that on my Mac. But, um, but it it was, it was pretty neat. It was pretty neat where you could have like, you know, one-to-one or one-to-many relationships. And it was, it was fun to make. What? Now what's funny? Oh, Mr. Clean I'm, Food. I'm st- it's not. I'm laughing at my own stupidity again. Just con- continue. What? One well, to many. Come on. I, I just sometimes it catches me off guard. I'm what? Sorry. What did I do? You, I just. It's it's the stupid many many joke again. That's oh, it. Oh, for the love of God, John! I what's know, clean I, food? I warned you. I warned what? you, stupid. Oh, what? I, that's how you so, say it. 
I sometimes it catches me Many. off guard. That's all I'm saying. It's the same word. It's pronounced the same way. I, I understand. Dawn and dawn. Uh, they just know, keep on uh, trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you do? You, you want to maybe sub somebody else in for me? Would that make you feel better? You want to try like having somebody else for a while? No, you're you're an, you're an essential part of the team. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, can, can we talk about my, uh, you know, my evaluation? I don't. I don't get to evaluate you. We bo- we both get evaluated by our collective boss. That's how it works. You yelled at me to listen. As long as we're at this, you yelled at me today, and I, I've been anticipating my beating since about noon Pacific time yesterday, the to Monday, the twenty sixth, because I had a feeling I might be hearing from you about. Uh, this is not on the list. I had a feeling I might be hearing from you about trying to help John Roderick with this computer. Where, where are you going to begin with this? All right, so I'll, let me start by saying... Don't say, don't don't try to tell him how to get to the desktop. I erred, I erred uh, because <laughs> I was probably thinking about a, uh, a dialogue box. It's all in my fingers, John. It's none of it's in my brain. It's all in my fingers. I said, let me start by saying <sighs> that I often, when I listen to Roderick on the line, wish that you would help John with his computer. Okay. And in the most recent episode, you know what you did? You helped John with his computer. So I start by saying that I congratulate you on undertaking that Herculean okay, here endeavor. Comes the butt. That, that, that impossible task. Here comes the butt. Because look, because <sighs> that's what, haven't you been asking for Merlin to try to help John with his Yes, that's well, exactly what i Well, now you got to be a for, fly on the wall for seeing what I'm dealing with. And that's what you, well, I, you think I don't know what you're dealing with? I know what I you're dealing with. I don't think you know what I'm dealing with. I know I think, what you're dealing okay, with. Okay, let me ask you this. Have you ever had this when you're doing what you call pair programming or driving? You, you ever notice that the person who's not driving can see the signs better? Did you ever notice the person who's not dr- not driving at the keyboard? The other person you, you, is better you, at seeing things on screen. You think I've never helped someone with their computer before? We call it pair programming. I'm I'm familiar. Anyway, so so the I, point I is the you, point is the person who doesn't have to be doing anything has yeah. no problem at all knowing a better way to do it. Oh, honey, I would have taken the left there. That's uh-huh. you. You do that. Uh huh. Uh-huh. All right. I was trying to start off by saying it's nice that you help, tried to help down with this computer. I can feel it. There's, there's <laughs> all my friends have big butts, I Simone. I don't know if it's a butt. It's a, it's a yes and. She's not a hunchback. <laughs> She's not. A, I gotta get the intonation right. She's not, not a, a hunchback. hunchback. <laughs> What'd you think about Alexandra? <laughs> candy. I got caught in that uh, rat hole again the other day because someone mentioned. I, maybe it was either before or after the show with Dan. I just started watching videos of that on YouTube again. I just wish they would re-air that on TV. Every time I turn on TV, that should be what's on. Dr. Katz? Yes. Oh, I totally agree. We got it. We got uh, there, There's a bunch of my Plex, I think. Go check it out. Oh, Look at those. Anyway, um, so. So you're going to say, wow, it was so brave of you to offer to help John with his amorphous computer problem. And you understand, I was already in the middle of trying to help him with another tech problem. Uh, yeah, and I was surprised that you did because I know it's not a thing that you relish and who does, honestly. There are reasons that I do what I do and don't do. Sure. Right. Everyone's got their reasons, as they say. Well, I appreciate the compliment. What's the next topic? Uh, well, I would do have to at least touch on uh, the yes and, not the <laughs> yeah. but. Beep, beep, beep. Here comes the butt. The butt's backing in. And so, like you said, backseat driver, if you ever hear someone helping someone with a computer, you'd be like, oh, you should help them with a computer that way. And I expected, like, okay, because I know what it's like to help people with a computer. I know what it's like to help John with his computer. So, like, I'm, I understand what's going on here, right? Um, but, like, the first words out of your mouth were an incorrect instruction okay. on how to do something. And I, and I texted you because I said, you can't, can't go from zero to 60 like that. You need, to, you need to give me time 
to settle in to the to the face palming and to the backseat driving question, and all the stuff. Question: Had we at this point established that he didn't know the desktop existed as a folder? Yes or no? Uh, before you told him the incorrect command to get the desktop, it's how I you don't... get to it from a dialog box. If you're in a dialog box, I think Command O, Command D. I believe that takes you to the desktop. You think you think he had an open save dialog box open? Oh he my didn't. god. He doesn't know that the desktop exists as a folder. Yeah, we, it, it hadn't. I don't think they'd gotten to that. But either way, but that's what we're dealing with. You were trying to get him to the finder. Oh my God. And he, so you established that he was in oh the finder God. and you just misremembered the keyboard command, for the, which is fine. Everyone makes uh, mistakes. But if that's the first step out of the gate, I was God. like, oh, I can't. I can't. Anyway, um, I, I have walked people less knowledgeable than John through similar procedures many times. So I understand how difficult yeah, it is. You swing a lot of But wood. you were trying to do it while you were in a show. Yeah. That's that's extra degree, degree of difficulty. I knew it would be great content. Why do I do anything? Why do I do anything? I don't know well, why I, I do literally. Did you, I try to help John. I told John. I, he's just regular John. You're, you're John sub too. Why I try <laughs> to help John Roderick with his computer. Is that my job? Let me check. No, 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 no. No, I just talked talk to HR. It's not my job. It's not my job to help him, but I did. It's like more of a calling. <laughs> it's more of a calling. <laughs> it's like It's like the priesthood. You mean I girls. tried to help him too with the exact same problem and probably had about the same amount of success. But I was doing you, it. Did he contact you to verify yeah, he, my he, advice about the mobile sync folder? Yeah, he told me that you told him to contact me, and then he did, and I I tried to help. But see, the thing is, I'm just doing it over text message. Oh, um, I see, I see. It's a little bit lower bandwidth, and honestly, well, if you decide to do a weekly podcast with him, you can sign me up for that Patreon. Believe you me. <laughs> Well, I've offered multiple times to actually fix his problem via remote desktop, like, even though he doesn't know what that is, but it, that's too terrifying. Hit command to D. Consider. Yeah. Like, can you, but, but can you imagine that? Can you imagine he would flip out? But that's obviously you the think most he's efficient been way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Like, intentionally. Um, um, did, did I, but don't, did, did, so, 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 uh, I, I, did you agree with my advice on that one? So he had said he, so he drilled down, I guess he eventually got the Omni Disk Sweeper running. He discovered the whatever application. Oh, that, was, that wasn't in the show, though, because... No, no, he, that was afterward, because I was helping him. Was that my all job? Right, so that, that's what I'm saying. Like, the show, uh, being the show, like, very quickly, like, you know, blink your eyes, and you're talking about bands I'd never heard of from the 90s in Seattle, and it's like, well, so much for John's Mac, right? But I didn't know if it continued after the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, I was worried that... <laughs> well, okay, I'm old enough to remember. Mm. Uh, uh, I do remember when you super didn't want to get even close to the capacity on your hard drive. That, that is still true. Is it? I mean, because yes, I thought that, I thought that had come a long way. But back in but back when I was a youngster, that could just, you're basically, the needle would just get off the record and you were done. Well, I mean, the long way is now you get those nice dialogue boxes, but you should yeah. definitely take them seriously because they, it's not a joke. <laughs> it's not like you, it's not the type of dialogue you can ignore and dismiss and continue to function normally. You do, can, you, do, you, does, do you still, does one still face uh, getting uh, slowdowns as you get closer and closer to filling up because of swap stuff? It, uh, everything will grind to a halt and you will not be like your computer will basically stop. Like it will die. On give your, a rule of you, thumb for how much space you like to leave up open. For me, I don't know. Like, I I push pretty hard because I fill up my discs. I always want like a gig or two free, which is a silly thing. It really should be talking in percentages. But honestly, oh, I, I always leave way more than that. Oof. I I I live close to the edge. At various times, I've lived very close to the edge. Oh my god! Oh, so just real quick. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I just I just hit Command Tab. I went to the Finder and I hit Command uh, Command N, and that opened a new window. 
which I have set to be the desktop. So that's the way I, I go to the desktop. Continue. All right. What was yours? Command shift D. What was yours? What's the way? Yeah, the, the, in the go menu, the keyboard shortcut for going to the desktop. Command, command shift D. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. Oh boy, there used to be a lot of stuff like that. I leave, uh, do you do a hot swap drive in your Synology? What do you, what do you mean by do a hot, do a hot swap drive? Do a, do a, who a, what? What do you mean by do I do a hot swap drive? Um, I was looking in my thing and I saw that there was the option to have a, I guess like a, a hot spare. Oh, sorry. Hot spare where you have one for Elijah that can heal it without having to do the whole. Yeah. No, I don't do that. I they use, say it's so. dangerous. Is it dangerous? I use, I use all my drives. I mean, I, I think the hot spare is like, like you said, if one of your things dries, it'll just start using that one automatically. But I just, none of my drives have died. So, well, I think it, no, it's not, it's not even that it just like, well, it doesn't need to do the whole healing from scratch thing, I think. But there's, so what's cold, what's the cold version of that? Well, I just, I mean, you can arrange your disks in various, you know, configurations, some of which have built in redundancy. So you can use their whatever it is. SHR. SHR thing or the RAID 5 or RAID 1. There's lots of different arrangements that have built in redundancy. You guys said use SHR. That's what I'm using. Yeah. And so that's, that gives you RAID 5 levels of redundancy. So if one drive dies, you can just yank it out and put in a new empty drive and it will heal itself. I should, think the should, hot spare. Uh, Casey likes RAID 0. Should I do that? I mean, the, the, you know, <laughs> if you're desperate for more space. <laughs> I'm and, not. <laughs> You don't, you don't mind uh, losing it all when one drive dies. Losing it all. Okay. All right. No, I'm doing good. I'm liking this thing. I'm liking this thing. Uh, this is not interesting. We'll cut this from the show. No, we won't. Uh, it's good. But I've been thinking about, uh, I don't really need to expand yet. I've been moving in concentric circles, I think, that are somewhat intelligent. I still want you guys, and I asked, I, <laughs> the very tiny little bit of time I had to talk to Casey at the Relay FM event, I was like, you know, Syracuse told me that he does a thing where he can have file station and Plex and it's all the same folders and I'm mine stuck at homes. Do you do that? How do you do that? And then it's like, then the show starts. I'm like, don't, I was so close to finding out how to do that. I think uh, he, uh, like myself, uh, doesn't actually remember right. how we said uh, it no, up. Listening like, to you guys I, talk I, about it, I got the impression that it's a, well, sort of like me with like, I don't know how I got it this way, but it we, works. We did it so long ago and did it once. Like, but yeah, and I remember consciously doing it because it was like when you, when I was like setting up Plex and these things, they insisted on putting their stuff in one place. And I was like, no, uh, put your stuff someplace else. And I told it where my stuff was and I told DS Video where my stuff was. Mm-hmm. And I still have the directories that Plex wants to use, but there's yeah. nothing in them. And Plex, I mean, maybe Plex is putting its metadata there. I have no That's idea. But so, anyway. And so you, oh. you set your paths in the libraries to go to the place over here that's not the homes folder? Yeah, so I have a volume called media. Mm-hmm. And in my media volume at the top level, I have folders for movies, TV. Yeah, yeah, uh, the classics. Yeah. Downloads and uh, a bunch of other random stuff. And then mm-hmm. I point both DS Video and Plex at those directories. So it's Plex is like, where are my movies stored? I said, they're in the media volume and the movies folder. Even though like mm. the other directories where Plex wants to put stuff exist and are sitting there empty, uh, Plex doesn't look in them for my That's media. so, because I, yeah, okay, well, you got to walk me through this. No, you don't have to, but but I would love it if you would walk me through this. Yeah, but, but actually, I, I have been using DS Video not much in the past couple of years. You know, what I've been doing instead is, because I have that media volume, I mm-hmm. use usually use Infuse on either the Apple TV or the iOS device. That's the name of it, Infuse. I was trying to remember that today. Yeah, Infuse is pretty cool. It runs on top of Plex. Well, I no, in, well, 
Infuse, the reason I use Infuse is because it is an application that will do the video decoding, mm-hmm. transcoding, whatever on your iOS device. Right. So right. I don't have to worry about transcoding speed. And then I point Infuse. Yes, Infuse does understand Plex and point to your Plex server, Plex server or anything. But the reason I'm using Infuse is if like Plex is failing me or like uh, it can't transcode fast enough or it doesn't understand some format or something. I mean, yours is, lo- yours is like on the same. You're, it's at your house, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, see, that's the thing. Mine's mine's at my office, and if I try to do anything over, really, even 1080 is is a lot to ask. Mm. I mean, but, well, it, it depends. I noticed this the other day when I was playing because I was uh, watching something upstairs, and like the Wi-Fi was flaky or something, and I was noticing it was stuttering a little bit. And I looked at the info thing, and it showed the data rate, and the data rate was I don't forget what it was, like 10 megabits or something like that. I'm like, what? Why? Why is that so high? And so I switched it to the quality from like whatever the quality was set to. It was probably like auto or something. I yeah. switched it to like original quality. Yeah. And the data rate went down. Like in what? other words, it was transcoding and it was making it bigger. And I think that can happen. Maybe you can. Was this an MKV? Maybe it can happen when it's H.265. Like basically what I'm saying is like what well, I want to happen. What's funny is that, you know, have you ever, this sounds really stupid, but have you ever, you know, you go into sync and you say like sync this to this device at this quality. Have you ever gone in and just hit original quality and it makes a new movie? Have you ever done that? Yeah, that, well, that's what I'm getting at with the original quality thing. If I'm going to go original quality, right? instead, I'd rather use Infuse and point it mm-hmm. at my media volume as a Samba mount. Stop any media serving, stop any transcoding and say, this is just a file server and it has files right. on it. Infuse, right, right, right. go get that file. And we know how big the file is. The file is, you know, whatever, whatever size it is. And just bring that file over here piecemeal and play it on this device. Mm-hmm. And that just eliminates all the, and very often that takes less bandwidth than telling Plex to encode it as 720 and send it over the wire. Right. So that's uh, the, so we're still, I think we're still talking about a slightly, slightly different thing. I, I'm only mentioning this because it's kind of an interesting, a funny little anomaly. And it might have to, so MKV really, it's just Matroshka wrapper for like an H264. Well, you can put anything in there. It's a container format. Yeah. It's just a container. Okay. But, you know, but I was trying to say this that's interesting to me is, so one neat thing that Plex does, as you know, is you can choose to, when you sync something, say, like if it's for your kids, like old iPhone, you can say sync it to this iPhone at like mobile quality or at that, you know, whatever quality. But what's crazy is, I, I'm not describing this well, and I don't have Plex on right now. Um, if you go to, you can go to the detail page for the movie and basically you can say, make this original quality and it turns it into a, uh, what is it? An MP4, I think. So it re-encodes it and it'll be in all likelihood a much, much larger file than whatever you started with in your MKV. Mm-hmm. I think this is along the lines of me sending you a zip file of MP3s maybe. <laughs> But worse, but just for what it's worth, try it sometime. It's it's kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, I, 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 the original format, uh, the original quality. I'm. So here's the thing. It, I'm pretty sure iOS devices only have hardware decoding for H.264. Mm-hmm. H.265 is smaller, but I don't think there's hardware for it. So when you tell hmm. it to sync locally, I don't think it's ever going to bring you an H.265 in any kind of container. Hmm. I, I, this may be changing because I'm sure H.265 hardware is coming, and I'm not sure, not totally. Um, but anyway, the, the the files that you find, if you find an H.265 encoded version of something or you encode it yourself off your Blu-ray, that's the highest quality and the smallest size, like ratio or whatever. It's better than H.264. Mm-hmm. But when you bring that to your iOS device and you say original quality, what it's basically saying, I think, is 
bring all the bits over here, but once you get the bits over here, transcode it to H.264 that this iPad can play, and that makes the file larger. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, the reason I, I sound like I'm losing my mind, I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I, I didn't mean stream this at the quality that I've got it at. There's, there is a setting in sync where you're saying re-encode this at the highest available quality. And you know what? There's no point in this. Yeah, anyway, I see what you're saying. That we're, we're, even if it was a crappy, blurry video, it's still going to make a 1080p thing mm-hmm. out of it to make it 10 times the size. Yeah, but I don't yeah, know yeah. if that's what original quality means. I don't like the well, wording. Well, original on that quality option. as a to my understanding, original quality as a setting in a Plex client is a way of saying like basically, you know, open this thing all the way up and do the original quality. But um, anyway, I'm liking it, and uh, it's I'm uh, it's it still feels like cPanel, but I'm getting the hang of it, and it's cool that uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. No uh, no casualties. It's interesting. Have you ever done the thing where you put any photos in Plex? No, I, I've always turned that off. Like it tags I them. I, I, I I bet it does. It has podcasts too, and like news and all sorts of. No, but no, no. You know, are you hearing me? Like it sends a thumbnail up to the clue, and does some basic recognition on it, and mm-hmm. then tags it. It tagged me mm-hmm. as handsome. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. So not exactly sweating it. <laughs> yeah, I Google. I watch what Google Photos does with my photos because I upload them there as well, and it tries real hard. Oh man, well, I love Google Photos. Bless its heart, as they say. <laughs> This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by ExpressVPN. You can learn more about ExpressVPN right now by going to expressvpn.com slash diffs. Hey, you know, you might think that nobody wants your online data or to snoop on you, but when you browse the web without anything to protect your privacy, you risk hackers, ad companies, and more collecting your data. And it does happen to people like us, which is why we like to recommend ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN runs in the background of your computer or phone. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address. Just download the app, click to connect, and you are protected. ExpressVPN was rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. It uses new cutting-edge technology called Trusted Server to make sure there are no logs of what you do online. It costs less than $7 a month and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Uh, I can tell you I have used ExpressVPN, and it is a breeze to install and use you just hit that button and you are good to go. So protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months free by going to expressvpn.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash diffs for three months free with a one-year package. Take back your online privacy. Expressvpn.com slash diffs. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. So, do, 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 do. oh, you know, I love your topic. Do, um, do you want to, um, can, can you just admit to everybody, can you just please, for me, can you let me have this one? Can you just admit that Fleabag's good? Not, no admitting, it is totally good. Yeah, I didn't think I you agree with it. you that it is good. I yelled at you earlier today yes. for not pressing harder to tell me that I should watch the show. I didn't think you'd like it. I, I mean, no, no, I'm, this is not a bit. I, it honestly seemed like I could see it being not. In, I forgot yeah. how much you liked the Rachel Bloom show, yeah, and I should have kept that in mind, as you said. Uh, no, I honestly thought that. Uh, I mean, obviously, I suggested it, so I thought there was a chance you would like it, but I thought it was a little bit of a moonshot. Yeah, I mean, I don't like comedy, so it's a safe bet, but I, mm-hmm. I think what I discovered about myself and having, you know, the, what comedies have I liked recently, right? So there's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, Pen15, and this show. And there's there's a bit of a through line 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, I, th- I I think I need pathos in my comedies. I think the comedy needs to be dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that apparently works for me. I mean, it's not entirely real. I, I love Seinfeld. I mean, I you know, I like like the good place, right? No, no, no. But I mean, it's there's something I mean, oh, gosh, I, I almost said this in text and I'm really even less likely to say it now. But like, hmm, like, I love Tina Fey. For example, I really mm-hmm. enjoy Tina Fey. Oh, I like 30 Rock too. I like 30 Rock. But I mean, in some ways, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is like the uncut product. It's She's like such a distilled version. Uh, they're a little bit different. I feel, they I feel are, like they are. The, and that's why I shouldn't say it. But like I got such a Tina Fey vibe in some ways from her where like I wouldn't be surprised to find out that she really enjoys her work, for example. But it's it's it, if you like, so how can I put this? Let me put it differently. Let me do it in the uh, recommend, the R-I-Y-L, as we used to say in CMJ. Recommend it if you like. If you like stuff like the Tina Fey humor and you like stuff like um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Um, also, I mean, like it's, it's, it's reminiscent of a lot of good British stuff, but like it's, it's so intense. I don't know. I don't know what the word is. It's so freaking funny, but it is... I don't know. I'm, I don't need to sell this show. People love this show. I'm really, I, I'm, I'm acting like I wanted the compliment. I'm, mainly, I just wanted to make sure people uh, hear that you liked it. Because I uh, I think about that show all the time. And just texting with you today really makes me want to go back. There's so many scenes. I mentioned the one at the end of the first episode. No spoilers, but there's a scene at the end of the first episode when she reveals something in the back of a cab that is like, it's just like seared on my memory. Like the expression on her face. <laughs> And to me, there's so many flashbulb moments like that in this show, you know, that are just, like I said to you, it's, it already feels like such an iconic show to me. Yeah. And it is, it is very British like that. I feel like I I have that attraction to it that I have to a lot of the British stuff of it being strange and British from the, you know, the weird phrases that I like and everything and just the general cultural differences. It's almost like the Tina Fey connection is almost like Tina Fey is a product of, of our country. And if maybe if she had been born there and grown up there with that, social structure Mm -hmm. she would have ended up more like this or maybe not but anyway like there's a definite british flavor to it which is strange but also works so well and you know and it's the the thing about you know uk tv shows is they can get these amazing casts where Mm -hmm. every role is filled by just a performer that could have their own show you know in the u.s right I, i wish olivia coleman was in almost everything yeah, everyone she's is so good. perfect. She's so perfect in this, and uh, but also when you talk about the British stuff, yeah, we, that's our goes back to our old bit about like how much of Monty Python is funny because it's funny, and how much of it is funny because it's weird mm-hmm. to us. But also, you know, just how often uh, and and in different ways, people are always asking her, uh, "Are you okay?" Right? Where and I've realized that sometimes when I'm when I'm when I say to somebody or I say to say to my wife, "Are you okay?" What I'm what I'm really I'm probably saying is. Uh, could you act happier or <laughs> could you, could you be better? Right. You know what I mean? But in the show, like in that show mm-hmm, that I really mm-hmm. feel like that's everybody's always, there's this super civility that not even, I don't want to say it masks it. People in Britain know what words mean. There, what's the, what's the one adverb? Um, the one adverb that Americans and uh, British people treat so differently. Oh shoot. It's escaping me. But it's one of those words that like we would use, Anyway, on that show, the way that people talk to each other, the way in particular people talk to her shows this fascinating, it's like there's no word for this in American English, a combination of uh, pity and disgust and a little bit of sympathy, but mostly pity and disgust. Are you okay? 
And superiority, depending on who's who's talking. Yeah, but like, mm, yeah, but like the way her, the way that she and her sister interact is so good. It's when they go when they go to the <laughs> when they go to the lecture. Did you know that's her mom on stage? Her real life mom. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, doing the feminist, and when their hands shoot up in the air. Oh my god! Hey, y'all, uh, check out Fleabag. There's two two short seasons of it on. Um, Amazon Prime Video, and like you've been hearing, it's good. Uh, it's it's real good. And so you just started S2, is that right? Yeah. Uh, and the pitch I would make for it after watching season one is, like, if you if you watch, like, the first episode or two, you're like, oh, you know, a, a, a dark, depressing, raunchy comedy with British people, fine, whatever. Uh, I feel like you need to get through the whole first season mm-hmm. to realize how well-constructed it actually is. Like, a lot of shows... Mm-hmm are like this where it's like like you know stuff but you don't know all the stuff yeah and, like and or, when you learn or, or, more stuff it the show gets better yeah and i don't wanna, i'm not gonna spoil anything but no, like no no it, like there's in any kind of comedy thing this is what kind of annoys me about comedies a lot of times there's characters and there's sort of an angle a point of view about what's funny about the characters in their life and the struggles they have and very often there'll be some kind of plot or major conflict either it's a will they won't they romance or this this person's family uh as a problem or they have self-confidence issues or we're like, well, there's some kind of story. And then there's a plots and B plots in the episodes. And mm-hmm. like you watch a whole season of it and it's like, in the end, is the story consequential in any way? Like it's mostly just there as a, yeah, st- I mean like a, like a, like a modern family or big bang theory or something or something uh, like Monk. even higher class. Than that. I'm not even talking about like stupid sitcoms. I just mean like, in the it, sense that most, most, most comedies let you know what they're about very early on and then evolve very slowly after or, that. or like the, the the even just thinking something like like a movie uh, who does these the like forgetting sarah marshall who is that uh yeah e- uh kevin some- smith no 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 um what am i thinking of chasing amy uh, uh abrams abramoff uh, uh, jack abramoff Judd Apatow. There we go. Boom. Finally. Oh, Judd okay. Apatow. Sure. Judd Apatow has a lot of movies. <laughs> I, I think his movies are like that. Like they're not, you know, uh, yeah. there there's stories. Everything in, he touches turns into a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah. Right. There's stories in Judd Apatow movies and it's, it's a step above like modern family or big bang yeah, theory. No, some for stupid sure, sitcom, for sure. Right. Well, now right? he's gotten all serious. Now he does stuff like, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the big, the big fix, the big hit. What's it called? I don't he know. does like serious but, movies now. Yeah. But I mean, I was trying to think of someone like that who, but, but even, even in those movies, the story is like a skeleton on which they hang the character moments mm. and the jokes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in Fleabag and then beginning, it seems like that's what it's going to be like, you know, right. The main character has character traits and a situation and it's a great skeleton to hang. And there's a story and that's a great thing to you just hang your character moments and your uh, jokes on top of. But it, and it's hard for me to take comedy seriously because, like, the story is not consequential. It's like, you're either making me laugh or you're not. But in the end, I feel like it's been an empty experience. I didn't gain anything from it because it was just mm-hmm. like, look, you made a little Christmas tree that you hang jokes on. Uh, whatever. And in Fleabag, I feel like it starts off that way, but the story is actually the central point. Like, I, I tend mm-hmm. to like dramas where things happen to people and I'm interested in the story and, you know, the evolution of the person. If, if they happen to be funny, fine. Like, it's not like Breaking Bad. People don't call mm-hmm. Breaking Bad a comedy, but there's funny parts in Breaking Bad, but it's because the story is so dominant that it's like, well, Breaking Bad's not a comedy. Well, and also be good going back to your point from the end of last, uh, the last episode of like, you know, you learn to think about life and like how people react to things and seeing things played out in front of you. 
right? I mean, is that part of it? Yeah, and it, and it coming to understand the characters. Like, is the point mm-hmm. of this the jokes, or is the point of this me to to understand the the characters' experience and journey, and and like you know have something revealed about them at the same time it's revealed to the character, it's revealed to the audience, and stuff like that. Uh, and I feel like Fleabag is so well constructed in the mm-hmm. plot and story part that it doesn't even need jokes. Like you could have taken out all the jokes and I still would have been interested. And then mm-hmm, to put on mm-hmm. top of that, really great dark humor and amazing comedic performances. So many parts are great. The story's great. The cast is great. But it does consistently, as much as gracious as she, and a performer as she seems to be, she seems like a very gracious person from interviews and stuff, but it does keep coming back to her performance, her writing, her character. You know what I mean? Like, you, you're so thoroughly enjoying how Olivia Coleman is acting out that scene. Her father. I think it's easy to lose her father in the lights. I, I love him. I, the guy playing him is very good in that's that role. Not, that's not an easy no. thing to pull off what he does. All of them, like, they have these alien relationships, alien to us, but if you watch enough uh, British stuff, it's you come mm-hmm. to recognize the tropes that they're playing off, and you don't have tropes that are not familiar to us. But, yeah, I think I think the whole thing is just very human and very satisfying and well-constructed. Like, there's stuff that, that that you think is throwaway in episode two that pays off in the final episode in a way that it's so clear that somebody built this. And it's like, oh, that wasn't just a hanger for you to hang your stupid poop jokes on, right? It totally wasn't. Yeah. It was... It's it's very well-constructed. So I hope, I hope I haven't spoiled any of it. No, no, no. Now you're watch with uh, Moriarty. Yeah. 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 Good, good, good. I am very glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, although I season two just started, I feel like they took the wind out of some of the stuff they set up in season one. But I, you know, gotta wait for the season to go. If I learn anything, you gotta, yeah. you know. Hey, do you want to do this? Uh, you do want to do the main topic? Yeah, I think we're gonna. This may be a multi multi part topic that we cannot address in full in a single episode, but that we will. Oh, I see. If we do it that way, I would be very happy. Can yeah. we make it about Sub Bullet One as part of a series? From Super Bullet, Super Bullet One. Yeah, but I want to I want to give the the brief introduction before we dive into Sub Bullet One. Does it need a theme song or anything? Nah, I don't think okay. so. I mean, if you want to like write one on the spot, and, no, I'm good. Yeah, no, we don't. You know, it's letters it's not, it's time. Not, it's letters time. This is not one of the shows where you play guitar. I understand. You're not. You don't need to impress me. Don't I? No, you need to impress sure John. Feels with your like guitar it. Sure skills. does. John, feel John, like it. boy, my musician friends, I'll take up my guitar in a second, but mm-hmm. for me, nothing. Mm-hmm. Not even the fee for the gaming license. All right, so this topic is... Oh, that's good. I, I recognize that. Thank you. I, mean, I, wanted to pull, I wanted to pull you in. Stick this um, better pill. Yep. <laughs> Secret weird things people do. And <laughs> I thought of this because of you mentioning something on one of your other shows. But before we get into that, here's what this topic is. Yeah. So, what's the way into this? Have you can start ever... by talking about how this is kind of like that one episode of Dubai Friday. Where you were disappointed, I did not tease out more of my own private mind motions that you know exist. Yeah, but I feel like that one, people understand are weird. What we're talking about is, you know, strange things that, that you do, like sounds that you make or weird gestures that you go through. But I'm, I'm th- think they could be things you always think or like rituals and mm-hmm. superstitions. But yeah. I'm thinking more of like even more mundane than that, because if, if you do anything like that yourself, you kind of know this is a weird thing. And if you saw someone else do it, you would understand, well, that's a weird thing. And I do weird things, too. But what I'm talking about is like a situation where you'll see like a friend or a relative and like you you know them well, but maybe you haven't spent the night at their house or seen them, you know, prepare a meal or just li- live their normal life. Right. And they do something 
during the course of you observing one of these sort of mundane activities that makes you take a double take because <laughs> it's something that not only have you never seen anyone do before, <laughs> but that you've never even thought would be something that somebody would do and that they'd never <laughs> mentioned it. So, for example, I'll make up like a ridiculous one. Like, yeah, you, you, you're sleeping over your friend's house as, as a kid. Like cutting a, cutting a Snickers bar with a knife and fork. Oh, yeah, but maybe even weirder. Like, say, say okay. you're sleeping over your friend's house as a kid and, you know, and you wake up in the morning and you're both getting dressed and you put on your pants and your friend, instead of putting on his pants, like putting his ankles in them first, like rolls them up and puts them over his arms and like wriggles his body through them and gets them on, like puts his pants on from the top down somehow, <laughs> like they stretch out or whatever. <laughs> And it, it goes by, to, like, he doesn't say anything about it and doesn't mention it all. And if you're like, how does this never come up before? You put your pants on over your head and get them yeah. on your body and you buy special stretchy pants to make. I'm, I'm thinking of a silly one or whatever, but like, it's the type yeah. of thing that someone does. And there's, they, there's an episode of All in the Family where for, I forget what the reason why, but Meathead and Archie end up sleeping on cots next to each other in the attic, I think. And it drives Archie insane that Meathead puts on a sock and a shoe and then the other sock and a shoe. And they get into mm-hmm. this argument about how, about why that makes no sense to Archie and it makes all the sense in the world to Mike. That, yeah. that kind of thing. Where you'd be like, what are you doing? I didn't know, why would anybody do that? That's so and, strange. And the thing about those is, I'm sure we can all think of stuff like that that maybe we do, but once you see someone else do something like that, you realize, you, at least this is what I think. I think, how many things that I do are totally different <laughs> strange and different than things other people do. Right. It makes it hard. It makes it hard to call them out on yourself because you wouldn't even think of the ones that are so weird. Because you only know what, especially until you're married or whatever, you only intimately know the details of how you do mundane stuff. And you assume that everyone else does all this stuff like the way you do, but without, but but you're just, it's just an assumption, right? Mm -hmm. So what I often wonder is how prevalent are strange things like this and strange being defined by like the sort of the only common understanding we have is like cultural media understanding like if you see someone getting dressed in a movie and they put their shirt on over the head it's a safe assumption that probably people put their shirts on over the head and if you'd be surprised if you went into someone's house and you realize do most people put their shirts on over their feet and they pull them up over their body and they stretch out the neck hole like is that how like like, no i know how people put on shirts they put them over their head (laughs) is it i or the or the children who are wrong yeah, but but you don't you don't really know. So all we have is this common media understanding. But then I wonder, like, but also like stuff like let's be honest, not to be blue, but stuff like and this is a bit, but like stuff like wiping. Like, how would you find out if you've been wiping wrong your whole life, or just differently than everybody else? Or and and now yeah. we get into more uh, exotic things like, uh, you know, well, of course, uh, I you know, for all my socks, I put the left sock in one drawer and the right sock in another drawer. You'd probably be surprised to think that the whole world was doing that. You'd be like, wait. Most mm. people put their left sock in one drawer and their right sock in another drawer. Or maybe you just see one person who does that. And like, what I'm thinking of is how many things like that do people have? If you see a person on the street and say, how many weird things did they do that right. you, they would blow your mind? Like the sock thing. You'd be like, is that person put their left sock in the top drawer and their right sock in the bottom drawer? Like how many things like that do they have? What's the average number for people? Right. Is it, is it, is it the type of thing where everybody has like a hundred of those things or is the type of thing where there's most people have none of those things and a few people have two or three. Mm-hmm. And so I thought of that because you, mm-hmm. I, first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stipulate that I think you are above average in the number of weird things that you do. Nah, it's crazy talk. <laughs> just, Come on. 
All right. And I mean, and they're not, you know, I'm trying to make up fictional ones because I don't, you know, it's hard to like, you know, hard to think of real ones. But one of the things that you mentioned is that you use spreadsheets mm-hmm. a lot in your life in ways that I think most people don't use spreadsheets and would be surprised to hear someone use them. So this, the broader topic is secret weird things that people do. How prevalent are they? Right. What are they? Are we, how weird are we all? And so we might, we might pick this up more in, in um, future episodes. Yeah. Cause I think there's a lot of things like that, but for now we can start with one specific thing so that perfect. you do that. Yes. I think, I think I can't tell you for sure that this is out of the ordinary for all I know. I'm the only one who's not doing this and everybody else is doing it but I would like to hear you talk a little bit about your spreadsheets. Oh my God. Thank you. I, hi, my name is Merlin and I love spreadsheets. I, um, I do. Okay. So to answer your question, yes. And I've been trying, you've heard me typing. I'm just going through and looking for spreadsheets. I'm even semi-comfortable admitting to you that I have. Um, so we, we were talking earlier about, um, Filemaker Pro um, I, I don't think I ever really started using spreadsheets or Excel in particular until I had my nineties jobby job, but it was one of those things where I, it was like, where have you been all my life? Cause you know what I mean? I, suddenly there's this affordance for a way I never realized my brain wanted to work. Like the first time somebody showed me that you can have this, you have these rows and these columns and you can have the qualities of this, you can have this thing multiplied by that thing. So figuring out stuff like, you know, um, just, just the most obvious kinds of things that you would want to do, like trying to figure out how much money you're going to make from a project and doing stuff like what ifs. Um, years, years into it, I would discover things like pivot tables that would just change my life. Or, you know, there's so much stuff that you can do now in Google Sheets that's just hair curling. But yeah, I can't even, I can't tell you precisely why, but things like spreadsheets and Solver um, so, so things like Solver is this uh, app for uh, doing, it's, what is it? It's almost like a text editor for calculations that I know Marco likes. Uh, I like it a lot, but it just makes it very easy to do back of an envelope um, calculations on stuff uh, using something close to natural language. We also mentioned here in the document stuff like text files. Why is it that I feel the need? And why am I mentioning these? There's two, there's two strains here. Um, one of them is Capture. There's a certain kind of capture, whether that is automatic capture of data or whether that is a manual capture of stuff like what? Quotes I get wrong a lot that I'm trying to get right. That's one I updated today. Uh, you, I have an entry if you, you'd like to add one to that. Oh, please do, yeah. What had happened was... What had happened was... You keep mangling that one. I do. I do that. Yeah. You mangle like three times in Roderick Online. Not on purpose, I can tell. Hmm. Add that okay. one to your document. I'll put it in. Thank you. Uh, so there's capture, uh, programmatic, manual. However, like I keep running, uh, this is what I call my RunX files. I've got all these things, things like my writing down dreams that I've had or some kind of thought technology from sleep. It's just, you know, I think from the time I first got into NV Alt, I got into, or really starting with index cards, probably. I just got into that habit of going like, um, it doesn't cost me very much at all to write this thing down. It certainly could cost me something in the future not to remember something important, but it doesn't, you hear me use that phrase a lot. It didn't cost me anything to do that. It's difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends upon his not understanding it. Such a great quote, and I got it here, so I can always find it. Um, So that's the capture part. Now there is the, what I'll say, what? The combining that. So a spreadsheet is where you combine capture with calculations and what ifs, which I find endlessly fascinating. So... 
that's if we're going to talk in particular about spreadsheets, that's where I will uh, track some data. I will look for patterns. And there's seldom any reason for it at all, except that it's a thing that I do. Could you enumerate some of your spreadsheets? Because I feel like you're doing more than just looking for patterns and doing what ifs. You are compiling. You are, I don't know. How oh, yeah, you... yeah. I'm, I'm, the, uh, I'm the data keeper. Yeah, okay. Well, so, so some of these, let me do these. I, these aren't going to be in precisely in order. But here's two that are kind of a no-brainer. Uh, can you tell me very, um, don't, don't, don't do it, but if you had to, like, could you tell me right now what each of your kids dressed as for Halloween three years ago? You'd probably Absolutely have to think about not. it. Absolutely right. not. Okay, I so. Mean, I'd have to look it up in photos. That's where, that's where <laughs> I'd actually well, have okay, to get so it from. That, that's your, that, that is your, as Corey Doctor says, that's your outboard brain for that particular problem. Well, actually, I feel like that's, that's the type of thing. Here's, here's where I think we get into the difference is I don't, think I ever need to have any kind of storage for that particular piece of information. Like it's basically trivia. Like I'm You're not kidding. worried about what's going to be my outboard brain for that you particular thing. You don't want to thing. know that in 2014, your daughter was Hermione? No, not really. I feel like that's that gets so to go. weird you should to me. Continue, Why would you but not I feel want like to know that, that? I mean, I want pictures of them, but I don't want to, I don't need a place where I can look <sighs> up what they were. All right. I know okay. it's 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 subtle thing. Go ahead, say, name some more of your spreadsheets. So that's that is a three column spreadsheet that I started. Now, what here, here's where this maybe becomes a little insightful to the to the listener is that it didn't occur to me in 2008 to write down that my one year old daughter was dressed as a tomato. It didn't occur to me. It didn't it didn't really occur to me when she was two and dressed as Fufa, three dressed as Ladybug Girl, four dressed. It occurred probably around 2012 when she was five and dressed as Wolverine that I said, you know what? I can still remember these. I should be writing these down just for my own purposes. You know, like, I don't know if I'll always remember the names of all of my elementary school teachers. Some of them I remember very clearly, but others not. Um, none of this is critically important, but that that's that's the kind of thing. This is the kind of thing that is a no brainer for me. Especially, I you know, on the desktop, it's so easy to just just create these. They're very easy to do. So I feel like that uh, that particular use of a spreadsheet actually has. I mean, the interesting part is the fact that you're using a spreadsheet, which you've already explained your love for. But I think in in earlier times, they would be uh, stored in a baby book. Do you actually have a baby mm-hmm. book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also have a book of quotes. We got all those. Oh, I have a whole running list of great quotes. I've got. But, but that was like, I mean, it's not a spreadsheet. It was like a dedicated book, and it had pages. And in those pages, you'd write like when they lost all their different teeth and when they crawled and walked and rolled over. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, we got that. We got that. But but most people, you know, I mean, you start using that like your camera. <laughs> you use it a lot less as the kid gets older. I mean, you've got so much from the first little bit. Yeah, but I feel, I feel like the spreadsheet is is a better modern version of that because you don't need the, the template. And maybe what if they didn't have a page for Halloween costumes? Like, well, with the spreadsheet, you can make any page you want. But that's essentially what you're doing is recording. Mm-hmm events from early childhood that yeah, are of yeah, the same yeah. type as you would yes. record, but you're doing it in a spreadsheet. And that's just a list, but they, they get more complicated. It is, it is so like, here's one called Run X, Things Ellie, Ellie Says. And this is a running, a markdown file in glossary form of, um, while I could still remember them, all the things that she said when she was little. So if you ever heard me say, are you even kidding me? That's a thing she started saying when she was a toddler. Definition, uh, her expression of disbelief. I can't take over this. So all of these, these little Eleanor-isms uh, from back in the day, I, I keep that in just a text file. Um, practical stuff. Uh, for example, the challenge spreadsheet for Do By Friday, which is something that I started as a way 
whenever I wanted it for me to have a way to write down when I had an idea for a challenge. That became other people writing down their ideas for a challenge, except for Max. And it also became, then I would put a little date stamp on the ones we did. So we could go back, I could sort. And that, that's not that much more sophisticated, but it is certainly more practical. I have a, this used to be a markdown table and now it's a spreadsheet. Uh, flashlights, uh, their wattage, their milliamp hours, their cost for all the different flashlights that I have. See, this is where I think we we cross yeah. a certain line. Because so far you've been mm. like a digital equivalent of baby book, way to organize stuff for one of your jobs. You're you're, you're the frameinator, putting frames on things. Can't just things be things? This is this. No, no I'm saying like there's it's a spectrum, Ugh. right? And so we've oh, bro- wow, I feel like we've crossed, think we've crossed the line here. And here's like the line we've crossed is now you're using. First of all, now you're cataloging things that are not like that don't have uh, equivalents in sort of pre-internet culture. Um, like, is the keeping track of stuff you do for your job, like it's, a spreadsheet is a better tool than writing it down in like the books for your general store, but it's basically the same idea. Same thing with the baby book, but now what you're doing is cataloging uh, belongings you have in in more than just a list. So these are Ugh. things that you that you own, and not only are you writing, here's all of the You can't whatever. even see what I've written down and how I'm using it. Well, you just you, told you me judge. you have the you have the no, wattage. No, you judge. You judge. No, I'm I'm saying this is a this is a new class of uh, a new a, a new. This this gets into the weird things people do. Guys, look, lots but of people this have is, flashlights. This is but practical because I also have what the battery type is and how mm-hmm. many of that type. Is right. It no, I'm not saying it's not useful. I'm not saying it's not useful. Right. I'm saying this is a thing that I think oh, most people don't do. Oh, it is getting more special. Do. It's more special. It's it's a thing that most people don't do. I mean, I think right. Well, no, look, no. I, I'm, I know that I don't do it. I have flashlights, but I have no list of my flashlights. Uh, so I would be faced with the problem if I have to remember how many flashlights do you have and what batteries they take. I have to say I don't know. Yeah. And right? like, what's my, what's my, uh, but, what's my cost per uh, MAH? Right. So here's the question. Mm-hmm. Do you think most people or any other people have a list of their flashlights and the batteries taken, the wattage and all that stuff? I do not. But how do you know? Oh, I see. You see what I'm getting at? I do. Just because I don't and yeah. you do. Now we, we're at 50-50 now. Have you, have you actually, it, it's not going to come up in conversation. No, 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 like, no, no, no. Unless you sleep over your friend's house and you see that they also have a yeah, spreadsheet they put with their, their pants flashlights on over on their head. Exactly. Okay, that's this. That's the the interesting part of this. Now, people listening will be like, oh, "Of course, Merlin's weird because he has a spreadsheet of his flashlights." But, but what is your f- flashlight spreadsheet equivalent? Mm-hmm. And is he the like? I don't know. That's that's the thing that's killing me about this question. Anyway, mm-hmm. so go on. So you've got the spreadsheet with your flashlights on it. You've got the batteries they take. Uh, let me. I'll just let me just run through a few more, and then you can just pick out the ones you want. Right. Uh, the, some of them are purely practical. Here's one. It's three different places that I can have seltzer water delivered from. It's how much it costs, and then the price per unit. So, which is the best deal, real quick? Um, I track payment spreads. I track how long it's been since I received a payment from somebody because I like to see over time what that pattern tends to oh, be. That, that's got to be a depressing uh, spreadsheet. Unit, well, it depends who you're working with. I've got. Yeah. Uh, I I like to sometimes. Uh, uh, when I was going through a phase for a while where I was uh, trying to dry out my shoes. Also, one of mine in the future will be shoe trees. Please capture that. Um, the humidity of my shoes. I have one for that. Um, and finally, I have one here that I'm very proud of, which is the uh, historical uh, price of ephedrine over the years. That was one of the ones where I really realized I was in new territory. Is I was tracking the price of ephedrine over the yeah, years. Yeah, I, I I remember the ephedrine spreadsheet from our uh, drug discussion uh, mm-hmm. and. I think that's interesting for a couple of reasons. So first mm-hmm. of all, 
most i'm not gonna say i don't even know you can't say i was nope, about to nope, say nope, most nope. people who are using drugs don't keep a spreadsheet to keep track of their drugs <laughs> how, but you, I don't how know. would you know how would you know exactly how many mm-hmm. people do i know who use drugs and, and talk to me about it but in general i think the expectation is if you're doing something ostensibly illegal you tend not to uh, obsessively record it <laughs> right, you know what I mean. <laughs> right, I think I mean, uh, Stringer Stringer Bell had some very specific advice. Yeah, about don't take, take notes at the the meeting. Criminal I mean, conspiracy. obviously criminals do <laughs> do do that, but right. But the thing is, I would say that even like that, it doesn't matter what the topic is. Because mm-hmm. The topic is like, is this a thing that is part of my life? Yes, it is. Uh, would it be useful for me to catalog this so I can make it more efficient? Basically, I know how, how much. Am I, what were you keeping track of? How much you're paying? Like the the average cost, the quality, oh. the no, it How was ex- uh, I, It started with m- me realizing that wow, the price had really gone up a lot, and then I thought, I wonder how much it's gone you up. Need, you need to graph that clearly. <laughs> well, I got oh, believe me, I got graphs. Don't worry about that. Oh yeah, I got a lot of graphs. So, but you're you're basically looking for price. So it was like it feels like it's getting more expensive, but yeah. is it? You know, were you also tracking like how much you used over periods of time? No, no. But for example. I mean, when they started cutting it with more guaifenesin, I could look at what the payload of actual ephedrine was and then get down to the, uh, the price per milligram. Mm-hmm. So when I started buying, I estimated this to be approximately May of 1988. I remember pretty clearly, boy, for like six bucks, I could get like a, a bottle of ephedrine and a malt liquor. Uh, it was, I believe it was two ninety nine for 50 at 25 milligrams, which, which is six uh, cents. Per pill. By the time I, I stopped, uh, last time I bought this was apparently November 2008. It was thirty four ninety five for forty eight count of twelve and a half milligrams. So that comes to a dollar forty six per. Two thousand eight, nineteen eighty eight to two thousand eight. I got a lot done. That's a long time. Yeah, I was busy. I, I always. Uh, this is a slight side tangent. Yeah. This, uh, this, I always forget this when listening to Roderick on the line, who, you know, he's talked about his past of alcohol and drug abuse and yeah. how he's been sober. And then he get, throws out a date and I'm like, all of that drug and drinking stuff was so long ago. And he's, he's been sober for what, 20 years now? And also, and also over, it's easy to forget, not to interrupt, but it's, it's also easy to forget that, uh, that it was over a relatively in context short period of time, really. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Okay, like that, yeah. it, that you make it seem like. He's been that, not that drinking it, for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, and and that the years when he was, it seems like his whole life, if you listen to him talk, but then you realize, no, his whole life is the time after that, practically. But you, on the other hand, went from 88 to 2008 as your time in the wilderness, so to it's speak. It's a bronchodilator. It wasn't illegal. Yeah. It's a bronchodilator. Yeah. All it, does is it helps. It really is just in a way to make you, it's like MSG for your lungs. Mm-hmm. It makes more, more yeah. bioavailable air. <laughs> This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Moo. You can learn more about Moo right now by visiting Moo.com. Moo is an online print and design company specializing in customizable business cards, postcards, stickers, and more for your business. It's a great company. I've been using these folks for years. If you're new to Moo, you can order a free sample pack on their website, Moo.com, so you can see what their products look like and you can hold them in your hand. They offer a full suite of products, including business cards, postcards, invitations, letterheads, stickers, flyers, woo, so much stuff. You can seamlessly promote yourself and your brand. 
And you can count on Moose quality. They have special finishes like gold foil. They have a new silver foil, raised spot gloss. Guys, I don't even know what that is, but it sounds amazing. A letterpress, Jiminy Christmas. These folks come a long way. It's all those little touches that make you stand out. And if you don't uh, feel like designing your own card, Moo recently rolled out new templates for business cards, which are inspired by their most creative customers. And their luxurious hardcover notebooks feature a Swiss binding. So every page lays flat, and they're made with premium paper that is protected by a tough tactile cover. I got to tell you, you know, there was a time in my life where I had to meet people uh, and, and introduce myself to people. Uh, I have since retired to my hermitage, uh, but uh, but I have been a big fan of Moo since Christ was a corporal. I've gotten their, uh, their little business cards, their big business cards, their postcards. I've gotten stickers of my face. I've gotten stickers for You Look Nice Today. I've done it all. Uh, just, a, just a great company. Uh, I've been using them since, uh, since they started. Uh, so right now, here's what you do. You go to Moo.com and you use the code PRINTMOO. That's P-R-I-N-T-M-O-O, one word. That'll get you 15% off orders of $50 or more. That's Moo.com. Another very special offer code is PRINTMOO, P-R-I-N-T-M-O-O, one word. For 15% off any order over $50 or more. Our thanks to Moo for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. So that's that's the kind of things. No, but you're so to your point, yeah, there's nothing too big or too small to make me want to go create a spreadsheet. Maybe because I find it relaxing, but also I just find it very satisfying. Maybe the way some people might play threes or something like that, or you know, like a like tile puzzle kind of thing. Um, I just I find it very satisfying. And just that ability to say, ah, oh, this is what this column is called, that's what that column is called. Once you start getting into stuff like pivot tables, oh my God, it's so powerful. Now I used now again with work stuff, I used to use this to analyze how my Amazon sales were doing. Because there was a time when Amazon affiliate money was, you know, part of how a regular part of how I, I made money from stuff. And the pivot tables were, were just fascinating. Just the, the ability, the whole concept of a pivot table. How would you explain a pivot table? Because I'm not sure I know how to do it. I would not, because I don't think I know what a pivot table is, even though I'm sure I've done them in Excel. Well, so I'm you take sure the, you've done the, the dimensions of the, the graph and you, you flip it around so that you're looking at a different dimension? Yes. So, for example, if, you, if you've captured a lot of, like, your net sales of these SKUs, you can then use a pivot table to show stuff like, Show me sales on days of the week or something, or you know different different summaries, different angles. So a pivot table is a table of statistics that summarizes the data of a more extensive table. Uh, this, this summary might include sums, averages, or other statistics which the pivot table groups together in a meaningful way. So it's taking a bunch of not raw data, but like instances and details and whatever, and then like you can just massage them into all these different. Uh, so like if you had like a sales events, like uh, a time and a date, a thing you sold and how much the pivot table, that would be show me how many things sold on Monday, how many things sold on Tuesdays, how many things sold on Wednesdays. But like if you go and look at Google and you look up a business and it'll say how busy it is at a certain time of day, like how did they arrive at that? Well, I'm guessing one way they arrived at that is there's something that involved a lot of people checking in somewhere or however, but there were instances, thousands and thousands of lines of something indicating that somebody was at McDonald's at a time of day. And then the pivot table is where you say, okay, well, now show that to me by time of day, you know, organize it that way. Or you could do by, uh, say, for example, because I have the data in here, I've got to start an end time, you know, give me a pivot table of how long people spent there. Right. And that you use that same that same starting spreadsheet to derive both of those. So in the case of Amazon stuff, it was it was very interesting for me to be able to like analyze the kinds of things that were 
maybe maybe this is the thing that was the highest. This item uh, I made a lot from, but I only sold one of those. But these space pens are really doing great. Like that's a really good thing to know. And a pivot table will do that for you. And while we're at it, one, one other thing, and I've mentioned this a lot, uh, you know, in talking about self-quantification, which I think is still a topic on the list. Uh, it, it, again, it doesn't cost me anything. To, to have data get captured, I'll find a use for it eventually, probably. But like, this is why I love uh, Iftita. You know, I love that ability to just say, show me, show me the times of day when my garage door opened and closed. I don't need a reason to capture it. It's just really easy for me to do. And now it's all in there. It's all being captured in there. And I, I just think it's endlessly fascinating. So somebody who was just uh, either didn't know you or was just a casual acquaintance, mm-hmm. chan- if, as we surmise, that most people don't keep track of their stuff in spreadsheets this way, learned that you, in fact, had spreadsheets like this and kept track of this amount of stuff, they would be surprised and they would follow us under a secret weird thing that you do. Uh, kind of. I think, I think on the one hand, well, I think the part they'd be surprised about I don't know. It depends. People like to have, you know, j- japes and jabs about a person. But like, I bet they would not be at all surprised to find out that I do something strange. Maybe the fact that it is a spreadsheet of flashlights. I bet some people would go, I can't believe that. And a ton of people would go, oh, yeah, that totally sounds like something he would do. Yeah. I mean, that, that's I feel like the part of it is the, the self-awareness, like that. The, the the most killer ones of these is like if you if you were over your friend's house and you saw them take the left sock out of the top drawer and the right sock out of the bottom <laughs> drawer and they thought it was a hundred percent normal mm-hmm. like didn't like you you made a face or something and they didn't react at all because they thought you're making a face about something else because why are you making a fact about you a face about you taking socks out of your drawers it's totally normal like yeah. the idea that you could be doing something and not understand i feel like <laughs> don't you keep you, your you, socks in drawers well yeah no, i do but not but even it's I, like uh... <laughs> like look at it this way say say someone's over your house and you take your socks out of the drawer and they're they're like you know they're stuck together in a single drawer mm-hmm. and they look at you like you're crazy and you're like what are you talking about and they're like you ha- keep your left and your right sock in the same drawer, you, right. you would you would be completely surprised because you would just assume yeah, that's what you would what each be does. equally as because if you didn't have a reason to know otherwise, you would each be equally surprised by the weirdness of the other person. Exactly right, and so I like, feel like, wh- why aren't you why aren't you keeping a spreadsheet of your flashlights? Yeah, so with the spreadsheet thing, you might think, oh, well, yeah, if you know Merlin, it makes sense that he does that type of thing. But think of this, right? I think we would both be surprised if somebody that we knew. We found out that they didn't keep track of uh, in any way of their finances. They had nothing that showed them like, like how much money is any know, of their bank accounts. The only time they ever knew is like if the ATM worked or didn't. Right. Like they didn't keep track, whether it's balancing your checkbook or mm-hmm. keeping a budget or like having a, a website that you log into to see how much money is in your bank account. Like we all assume that, that everybody has whatever the system is. People, people can use paper. People just use it on the website. People, you know, could use mm-hmm. Quicken, people, you know, but whatever. If, if someone said, oh, I actually don't have any of that. I just don't keep track of that. You know, I find out, like you said, I find out when I go to the ATM mm-hmm. if money comes out or I just don't keep track of it, and I assume the bank. Here. We would be surprised, I think, or just, or just like you could say, like uh, I don't write stuff on a calendar. Like that yeah. would be surprising. We, we, we exactly. Most people would be surprised by that because we think that most people have some way to keep track of yeah. their money, but we don't think that most people have some way to keep track of what their kids wore for Halloween. We either assume, <laughs> we either assume they remember it, like maybe because people have good memories for things their kids do, or they're like. No, I don't know what that is. If I had to look why, it up, I could probably I, why find would I a way. Why would I want to know that? Like, why would I do any uh, amount of infrastructure to remember something so silly and trivial? Yeah, because because if, if I need it, like, it's not going to come up. Like, uh, but if I care, like, I could probably find it in the photos. But it's not the type of thing that I record or capture in any way or keep track of. And, and I think this tra- applies to a lot of stuff where you have things to manage, like households or whatever. Like you said, I think I think more people than you would think 
have something somewhere where they keep track of like all the different uh, batteries the remotes take or how many different remotes they have. Like there is some, some amount of household infrastructure. How many smoke detectors are there and when do the batteries change? I think a larger number of people than, than we might suspect have some piece of paper or some tracking system for when the batteries were last changed. Maybe less so now with the lithium ion batteries. Oh, well, I've done, years, you know, but... just for what it's worth, that's exactly the kind of thing I love to track is. Oh, of course you track it, but I think it's actually right. pretty common. The, the humidity, I, I very, 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 very rarely smoke cigars anymore, but I restarted having just this is another one of my projects, like the cast iron pans. I decided to rehydrate uh, this hum- humidor and put some cigars in it. And so I periodically check in on that, the humidity and temperature of that, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. Like, like it has a functional component, but like it, it, it's a sensible way to solve a non-problem. <laughs> yeah. That's another a good example um, of a thing that I think there is a strain of, which is uh, not maybe indoor, but weather tracking. Mm-hmm. Oh right? yes, so, yes. Some yes, people yes. just watch the weather, but some people actually record things about the weather. I mean, Jason Snell has a weather station at his house. Some yeah. people sort of just record stuff like that as a matter of fact they're not super duper into it but they just like it's just a thing that they track yeah and i think there is a strain of that and i think it is maybe more common than people think yeah it's like uh like a, a little bit like you know train spotting kind of thing it's like uh you know it's it's kind of a weirder thing to do yeah but not but not that weird not that so weird. like yeah so I, I i feel like your spreadsheets i mean there's more the spreadsheets are the spreadsheets and I'm interested in that mostly because of the, the analytical aspect, Mm -hmm. like that. It's not just, there's the capture, like you said, but it's the idea that you have spreadsheets that, that you're going to derive insight from that. They're not just there. So you can look up what your kid did, but did, but like that you actually, Mm -hmm. you refer to them to get more detailed information and that you can't, you do actually work them in certain cases to gain insight, like with the pivot tables and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the- and, and I mean, like, then there's the super practical ones that I have to do for work things, which is that on the 10th, uh, on or about the 10th of every month, I send some updated stats to people who do add stuff for things that I do. And those are links inside of an OmniFocus task that I can click that open up Google Sheets and all I have to do is go to that and pod track and copy and paste and like it's all done. It's like, you know, you just think it through the, if you like, workflow stuff of how that works. But yeah, I, I think the historical, ca- the, the capturing and analysis of historical data is surprisingly fast. That's, that's really the weird part. I mean, that not the fact that I do it. <laughs> but like the, the, I'm so fascinated by the historical patterns of fairly trivial data. So your your road into this, I think, actually is a common one. Like most people for their actual jobs have to keep track of something, mm-hmm. right? Um, so and, and during the course of having any kind of career where you have to keep track of anything, you develop skills and tools for doing that. So it wouldn't surprise me for, and, and you see this in movies and everything all the time, which is why I think that it is a common thing, that you have someone who's an accountant and the skills they gain being an accountant means that they deal with their personal finances in a competent way mm-hmm. because it's like oh, i know how to deal with money and that's my actually my entire job and when it comes to my personal finances i deploy those same skills and tools mm-hmm. Makes and sense. so you wouldn't yeah. su- it wouldn't surprise you that an accountant has a bunch of spreadsheets or tools or whatever whatever accountants use to keep yeah. track of that stuff similarly as part of your job you had to keep track of things and once you have those skills you're like i can use those same skills mm-hmm. To know when it's time to change the batteries in my smoke detector, and then mm-hmm. like I think a lot of office jobs have those kind of record keeping, tracking skills, uh, and I think that's why I think the general practice of applying sort of office skills to home stuff is more common than most people would imagine. But it, like because it's common 
enough in certain domains, I think it would surprise people to see exactly what people are tracking. I I 100% agree. Well, just the whole superset of like, and I bet people don't think of it as like, I don't, I really doubt when people, most people do that. I doubt they go into it saying, I'm going to take some skills that I've learned at the office and apply them to my home. I don't, I doubt that people are overtly doing that unless they're in some kind of a corner dealing with some special challenge. But, you know, I mean, think about stuff like, you know, people who've made simple apps to pick what restaurant we go to at lunch or, you know what I mean? All those little kinds of things where it's like, like, why wouldn't you apply your skills to this? Like for me with project management as part of my little bit of my background, like why would I not be writing down the things that I need to do or the things I don't want to remember or the things I can't afford to forget, right? That is value, that, that is all really valuable to me. And you just look, you look at all of these things. I mean, like I, I, I sound defensive about me to be because I think it's kind of fun that I do this. I, I have nothing to be ashamed of. It's just the, the thing that I do. But like, look at how much of the stuff out there represents exactly what we're talking about. Every time you look at your Fitbit, you're basically looking at what goes into a spreadsheet somewhere. If you have a, a widening scale, if you are checking in, using a key card on your building, well, guess what? That's going into a spreadsheet. It might as well be a spreadsheet somewhere. It's just a matter of going like, isn't it interesting that this is something I can or might want to track and that I, I can or might want to make calculations and speculations about based on previous patterns. So like I've said to you many times, I think I've said this to you many times before, summertime, I walk a lot less because I'm not taking my kid to school. I learned that from data. I learned that from what is a, a quote unquote spreadsheet, which was Fitbit saying, you take fewer steps on these days. What do these days have in common? Oh yeah, that's right. My kid's not in school, right? So I mean, it's we're all using this stuff all the time. It's just you're not a weirdo making it a table of flashlights. Well, I think a lot of the the more modern tools, what their their main uh, function is lowering the barriers to entry because you anyone could have been tracking their steps anytime they wanted. They just count their steps every time they walk them there. But that's a high barrier. <laughs> that's a and when lot you when to you strap ask. Yeah. when you strap a thing on your, I'm sure people were doing. That's what I'm getting at. I'm yeah. sure people out there were actually well, tracking there's, there's their steps. Always been by pedometers. You know, the pedometers yeah. have existed forever. But I mean, like manually counting, right? Yeah, very small number. But then when you make a thing like a Fitbit, now suddenly everybody can do that. And people are interested in the data, but yeah. they don't have the means to capture. Same thing with those. What is that weirdo app that like tells you like when it's raining at you tend to have a higher heart rate? Like what, yeah. what is that Exist, one? Exist.io. Right. Like that's just the, the ultimate example of like you're never going to keep track of this type of stuff and try to make these conclusions because it's just too onerous and too much noise. But if you have something that's doing it for you automatically, mm -hmm. you're like, whatever, like it becomes half entertainment at that point. Like. So it becomes easier to track these things. And I think that lets more, because people are interested in that stuff, but usually not interested enough to like write it all. Even stuff like calorie counting, having apps that help you with that, it lowers the barrier just enough that more people do it. Oh, I mean, when these apps, oh, I, I that is actually a, a terrific example. And I, I, I don't know why I feel the need to make this all about, you know, health and quantification, because I don't actually care that much about my health. But I can tell you that like we had to do this for a do by Friday challenge. And it was the first time in a while where I needed to track my food. And boy, had it come a long way, um, especially if you go to chain restaurants. But I was amazed because I think it's a crowdsourced database. I was amazed how much stuff in there was, um, was had been like, were, were from like, well, it could be Trader Joe's or whatever. But it made it so much easier than it used to be where you had to estimate, you, what, are you going to ask the person at Denny's what kind of meat this is and how the sauce was, what the ingredients in the sauce are, right? And it doesn't even, that doesn't make any sense. Until now, today we get to where, is it iNaturalist? Uh, I've seen people looking at using this app in the last little while. I guess it just got an update. When I used iNaturalist, it did not do this. But you can take photos of animals and it'll tell you what the animal is. Have you seen that? 
Like that you're about to eat? That you're about <laughs> to eat. You're about to eat a trash pan. I was like, like if you take a picture of your Denny's meal and it tells you but how like, many calories are in it. These are all these steps toward the- Oh, naturalist as in like actual living. All right, got it. Okay. And, yeah. As, and, but I mean, I guess all I'm trying to say is that um, it's, you know, yeah, any anything that's going to shorten that path, well, as I used to say from cognition to completion, but whatever it is that's going to help you find an insight or an answer that you're looking for, um, like, why wouldn't you think about that and, and track it? I don't know why. I'm going to try to put my socks into different drawers and see how that works out. So I think stuff like this is an example of a practice because it has to be becoming more common because tools are making it easier to do. Mm-hmm. Like in the same way that you probably wouldn't track your flashlights if you lived in a time before computers. Because, I mean, maybe you would, but like, Right. It's a higher barrier to entry because you'd have to have like what notebook is that in? And oh, I I, I totally agree. I track every time I do a sous vide recipe uh, or method, I uh, I track what it is and how the results turned out. I actually do that in a. I should bring that into a, a spreadsheet because I'm doing it in Markdown right now. But no, like that's ridiculous. There's so many words in that sentence that wouldn't make sense to somebody a few years ago. So wait a minute. You put your food in a plastic bag and then put it in hot water for four hours. And then you write that down. And then you're you're interested in seeing over the long term, <laughs> are you getting better or worse at doing that? I, well, I'm I'm learning I'm learning uh, what I'm really doing is perfecting a few dishes in terms of I know exactly how done, I know exactly what temperature, internal temperature this needs to be for this long to be totally palatable to all three of the people in my household. And it's taken a lot longer than you'd think. Because sometimes you'll do pork chops, they're, they're easy. But like you do a rib roast or like a, a big steak and you're like, hmm, that's way too red for mom. But, you know, dad likes it. Mm-hmm. You got to give us, uh, give us a uh, sneak peek. What do, you, what do you think yours is going to be next week? Oh, God, I don't know. I, I have to think about this more. Like that's, I'm, I'm still kind of a little bit obsessed with the idea that we're, we're doing things that we don't realize are weird. So it's very difficult to, I, yeah, to, I, to say what they are, even getting, even ignoring like things like wiping your butt in the bathroom. Like there's just something that I'm thinking like the reason I pick socks is I feel like it's mundane mm-hmm. and it's, it seems ridiculous, but I, I bet there's stuff like that. I'll, I'll, I'll make a su- just a suggestion. And this is, this is not a goof. This is an actual suggestion. I mean, you are uh, widely credited with being a, a very thorough and critical thinker. And there's lots of things where, here's my question. You don't have to answer it now, but just, just, just tell me if you think this might be interesting. Why is it, okay, take an angle on this. Either, why is it important to you to have your things be kept nice? Or, slightly differently, what benefit do you get out of keeping your stuff nice? Um, what do you, what, what do you get? It's not a goof. This is an actual question, but like, I know that you don't crack the spines on your paperbacks, but why is that important to you? And what do you get out of it? Is that potentially one? Not, not that I want to, uh, not answer this. Cause I feel like I do have a good answer for it, but mm-hmm. I think like this is an example of a, a case where I know and fully expect that this is a weird thing that I do. It is not like a dark matter. I think you care. I think in the case of a paperback book, I think you possibly do care more about not, and this is not a goof. I don't know how many times I have to say this. I think you care more about not having a scratch on your car or your computer than a lot of people. And that there's a reason you feel like that. I think the, the paperback books, you could even just talk about that there's a reason that you do that. And then I'm just, it's, I bet that's not like most people. I think most people want their stuff to not be effed up. Yeah, no, that's totally true. I, 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 I agree with that, but it's also a thing that I know that I'm different in. So it's not a thing. Oh, that, so I it mean, doesn't it, meet the criteria of, it, it kind of does because if someone else who didn't know me 
yeah. saw that all the books on my shelves were lined up. I mean, and, here's the thing. And, I think and people, that you had read them, importantly. Yeah, well, I think most people... Here's the thing. Surprisingly, most people do not notice that my books are not damaged. That's how blind people are to book damage. They would, if I pointed it out <laughs> okay. to them, they, they would be like, that's really weird. Because it is weird. Because like, if you go to someone's house and look at the books on their shelves. It's not weird, it's unusual. Well, yeah. And, and the reason I think it's unusual is because I do go to people's houses and I see their books and they look like they've been read. Because surprise, they've been read, mm-hmm. right? So I think it is a thing that is a weird thing about me that people would be surprised to learn. So it's chalk one up in, in the column for weird stuff that I do, for sure. Mm-hmm. But from uh, from my perspective... It's not a thing that I would be shocked for someone to learn. You know, that they, they said, that's a weird thing you do. I'd be like, no, it's not. It's totally normal. You, what, you don't put your left sock in your top drawer and your right sock in your... I, 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 I know. I, 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 would lo- I'm, I would love to hear you interrogate this, whether or not it fits the format of the question, and it's yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so... But yeah, no, so not now, not now, not now. It's, it's an hour and 38. Okay, all right. Well, we can we can revisit. Put it in... The, you got to capture that in well, the I'll notes. I'll put it in the so spreadsheet. You, no way you'll remember that next, until next you week. You do but that. Yes, I will talk about, I will things. talk about the why I do that, even though it is a bit of a side tangent. Okay, but so this try is to my night topic, or it's a main topic, right? It's under it's under the secret weird things people I love do. shoe trees. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Oh, you, here you do it. You type. You know the words. Oh god, what do we got? What, what was? Let's see. What? Is this the show? Are we done? Say something funny. I got, I got to capture this. Okay, he's capturing right. Just so y'all know, he's capturing right now. All right, there you go. Um, I will, and I <laughs> Why will try John to like think. nice things. Yeah. Okay. Could I, also I'll know what be. that means. It's it's good enough for me to remember. I know it doesn't. What? <laughs> what? Does John? You don't have to talk out loud while you type. Shh. What does John derive from having out? nice things? From keeping oh things nice? Oh my god! I'm talking. What does John derive out of keeping things? I typed the wrong word. Things nice? Question mark. And then I'm gonna italicize derive. What does John derive? Oh, see, I, I'm typing the sentence, and you're you're indenting. I'm I'm, I'm helping. 